You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Go bet with MyBookie. Sign up at mybookie.ag and use promo code Gators, and they will match your deposit 50%. Go bet with mybookie. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. And Florida defeats Idaho 63-10 to to go 8-3 on the season. Hey, look, this is pretty much a game where we saw everything we wanted to see. Fast starts on offense. Fast start on defense. Young guys getting some playing time. And the Gators come out pretty much injury-free to set up the big game next week versus Florida State. Remember, you can find Gators Breakdown on newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes as well as articles from the News for Jack sports team. Catch Gators Breakdown on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify. And when using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. And on social media, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook. And let's break it down right here. This Florida versus Idaho game. Uh, it was definitely a fun game to watch uh, with, the, with the fast starts on both sides of the ball. Very first play from scrimmage, a pick six from Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to get things started. Uh, and look, you know, guys, if you've listened to me the last few weeks, you know, one of the things uh, to look for in this game and, and the games in the past was getting off to a fast start. And with that touchdown, it was the first first quarter touchdown since the Tennessee game. 26-yard interception return, touchdown six seconds into the game is the quickest Florida scoring play in the game since Andre DeBose returned the opening kickoff 99 yards for a touchdown back November 13th 2010 against South Carolina and that play took 14 seconds so Chauncey Gardner's interception the quickest play or the quickest touchdown in Florida Gator history there so then the Gators force a three and out on defense and give the ball to the offense and they march right down the field and Frank's on a keeper run 17 yards for the first offensive touchdown as well since the Tennessee game. So, you know, you guys have, you know, I have harped on the fast start. Yes, the opponent plays into it as well. But, you know, hopefully this is a good sign heading into the Florida State game as, as competition does have something to do with the fast start for sure. But at least we saw the focus there to be able to get off to a fast start. You know, going back to what a lot of you were saying heading into this game, it was in my, my, my mind as well. You know, you wanted to see, a team come out, 
not look like a team led by Will Muschamp or Jim McElwain and come out and destroy a team the Gators were supposed to destroy. That's what happened from the get-go. That's what happened. And the Gators did it from the start, offense and defense. And uh, got the fast start that we were looking for. Hopefully a good sign moving forward. You know, and I guess it really shouldn't be too surprising that against an overmatched opponent that Dan Mullen wanted to come out and sling it. <laughs> sling it all over the field with the quarterback and, you know, try and get Franks in a groove. You know, 18 of the first 26 plays were pass plays. So, you know, go back to the first game of the season when Florida and Franks come out slinging it as well against Charleston Southern. You know, you can tell there are things Dan Mullen wants to work on with Franks to get more comfortable with uh, in, in games like these, uh, to, to have him and Franks build confidence, work on the passing game. And now, you know, Franks made some good decisions for the most part. Still showed his, you know, inaccuracy, especially on downfield throws. You know, he finished 19-27, 274 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, but his biggest negative right now is not being able to hit that open wide receiver deep down the field. You, know, you go back, much like that opening flea flicker versus Georgia, Franks had plenty of chances to hit and open Jefferson deep versus Idaho and, over, and overthrows him, throws ball out of bounds. And those plays are there, and, and teams aren't going to worry much about them until Franks can start hitting those plays. Now, he did look better in the intermediate game, hit some throws over the middle. Uh, great throw to Tyree Cleveland for a touchdown, but the deep pass must be hit against better teams when they're there. And it holds this offense back a bit uh, there, but you know, not much of a problem uh, against Idaho. You know, look, look, those plays will help stretch the defense, give the defenses more to defend. You know, and I hate the harp on the negative here you know you guys you know but pretty much I, I don't do it a whole lot you know i'll call it like i see it and this is one of those areas that well, i'm gonna call it like i see it i don't want to harp on the negative there you know good performance overall the whole game but you know that was the biggest takeaway for me in dealing with franks you know from an from an otherwise pretty good performance from him you know good to see dan mullen coaching him up after every drive mullen talking to him about Placement of a slant pass. You know, don't let you don't make your receiver have to turn and catch the slant pass. Break his stride. Those are behind him. You know, and, and also coaching him on certain reads. But you know, and all in all, good performance by Felipe Franks. Uh, that just could have been a little bit better in certain areas. So you know, no, 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 really, no harm, no foul. Hopefully, puts it all together uh, against Florida State next week. If those deep passes are there, you know, look, we've we've seen them. They they've been there. Got to hit them. Got to hit him. You know, it was kind of a strength when go, going into this season. It was a strength of Felipe Franks, or what we thought would be a strength, is being able to hit plays down the field. What else would he be able to do? Well, you know, the, the, the screens have helped him. Some of the swing passes have helped him. Uh, he's Like I said yesterday, against Idaho, did hit some of those intermediate over-the-middle throws more than he has in the, in, in, in the past. So hopefully this is just kind of performance he can build on and hit the big play when the big play is there. Now on to the other quarterback and the storyline of the game against Idaho. We wondered coming in how much playing time, if at all, Emory Jones would get. And, uh, yeah, that is the takeaway from the Idaho game. Look, I, I thought he looked calm, composed in his first extended action of the season. Look, he was an early enrollee, took part in spring practice. And at this point, he's really only a freshman in in-game experience, in-game reps. He's been around enough to know most of the playbook, and now with Trascout, he's become more involved in the game plan. And I, I saw a nice foundation from Jones to, to build on. 
threw the ball with conviction, was accurate for the most part, made some play with his legs. And I like what I saw from his growth from the spring up until now. His first throw deep to pits was on a dime, but dropped. And he finished 12 of 16 passing, 125 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, added uh, seven carries, 19 yards uh, rushing as well. So, you know, what I, what I really liked was that it looked like the playbook wasn't really died, dialed down all that much for him. He hit some passes over the middle, the design runs, screen passes. I really love the, the fake run pass to Pierce for his second touchdown pass. You know, I don't know how he fits into the next two games and, and the game plan versus Florida State or the bowl game, but I feel comfortable in seeing him in action and however Mullen sees his value. You know, I don't want to take too much away from, you know, yes, it was Idaho. We know that. But you know, there were things you can tell. At least he looked comfortable. He didn't look lost. Yes, he had the one fumble. He's had a fumble in every game he's played in so far. Got to get that cleaned up. You Got to have those little mistakes cleaned up. But for the most part, in extended action, we saw some good things that we could take away from this performance and at least feel comfortable if he has to come in to a game situation. If Franks goes down next week against Florida State or in the bowl game, um, you know, at least I, I, there's some confidence in, in a game plan with him, probably uh, building some plays on him. Like this offense to me right now needs to be built on the running back, you know, the running back rotation, getting those guys some carries. Um, even with Frank's not being able to hit the deep pass right now, you know, there's a lot of screens, a lot of swing passes, a lot of short passes. And, you know, you, you have to think, you know, Emory Jones, can 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 do those type of plays. It's the other things that we don't see necessarily a whole lot of as far as checks before the snap and you know get, getting right plays called and not, not turning the ball over. It's those other little things that you know we don't necessarily just because we haven't been able to see it with the experience. If he can do those things right or not, you know that's probably you know and that's definitely the thing that Frank's does that has his on top of all the other quarterbacks is pre snap reads checks. All that, all that stuff that not, not necessarily just the talented part, the physical talent part of what a quarterback can do. It's all the other things as well. So, you know, Dan Mullen had some uh, good things to, to, to say um, uh, about uh, Emory Jones as well. Uh, quote, that first deep ball to Kyle Pitts. I mean, he dropped a dime right in there, Mullen said. Uh, threw, a, threw a couple other good ones. Missed the one to Kamori Gamble as he was getting hit down the middle. Uh, he's got to finish that throw. But I do think, I think, uh, and Muller went on to say the stats here, 12 of 16, 125 yards, two touchdowns. That's not a bad day. So what we've gotten is bits and bits of Emory Jones and now an extended performance to bring him along and hopefully build some confidence uh, with Franks and Jones. And uh, it's uh, with the, 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 the combination of those two guys. And look, it was pretty much a pretty good passing performance all in all. Between the two, Franks and Jones, then Florida's 399 passing yards were its highest total since throwing for 482 in the 2010 Sugar Bowl against Cincinnati. Also, Franks is the first Gators quarterback to throw three passing touchdowns in three games within a season since Tim Tebow also did it three times in 2009. Now, competition does have some things to do with that. Two of the games were Charleston Southern and Idaho for Franks. The other was Tennessee. Well, look, a step in the right direction there, and a step in the right direction for Henry Jones, a step in the right direction for, I, I think, this the, the future of this offense. And, 
And, you know, Mullen also said uh, about Jones, I was really, really pleased to get him in as early as we did, get him as many reps as we could, because he's one play away from being in the game next week. Uh, he, he can be in, in the second play of the game next week if Franks gets hurt. And now he's got a little bit more experience on game day in there, running the show by himself, not just with a small package, but having to run the whole offense. So that thing, that's what, you know, that's what I took away as well from what I saw from Emory Jones. Mullen went on to say it as well, that there's enough there. If he has to come in, you know, we, we, you know it was a good performance by Franks against Idaho. It was kind of designed for Emory Jones to come in and get some play in time. But in the future, it may not be designed. You never know what can happen. And you know, whether it be a, a slow start from Franks, Franks get injured. At least there's a little bit of confidence now. And it even sounds like in the coaching staff as well. that if Emory Jones needs to go out there, that there's at least somewhat of a game plan uh, that they can build upon. Uh, moving forward. So it was a great day, great day against Idaho to see the future. Everyone has been wanting to see wide receiver Jacob Copeland. He's probably one of the, one of the most the players that I've been asked about the most. When's he going to get on the field? Where is he at? Uh, a lot of it was, look, he was injured. He's behind in the playbook a bit. Uh, but, you know, we got to see our, our, our first glimpse of the talented true freshman get, and gets upfield on kickoffs as a returner. I like that part. And as a returner, I don't like the whole dancing around. Get upfield. Did that a nice 16 yard gain where you could really see his speed on the jet sweep where it didn't look like much was there, but his speed really was the difference in, in, in small in small space. Probably more importantly than anything, and I think the coaches are going to say this as well. Instrumental on the screen touchdown to Josh Hammond by making the key block to spring Hammond and get into the end zone. Uh, we know from Mullen's time back when he was offensive coordinator at Florida and how much. They, they asked those wide receivers to block in, in, in the screenplays, on in, in running back runs. And as a true freshman, Jacob Copeland already showing a knack for that and springing Josh Hammond for a touchdown. Also, we're going to just kind of, kind of take a look at some of the young players who really got a lot of play in time, and uh, their, their name was noticed against Idaho here. Kyle Pitts, 52-yard touchdown catch and run after being wide open. Franks found him. Um, got, he's got to come down with that deep ball. Henry <laughs> Jones put on a dime, but you know his size and speed would be a nice addition to the position. Hey, you, I think he's the kind of guy you can line him up at the traditional tight end. Also, spread him out wide, uh, size and speed there to be a, a matchup problem in the future. Uh, two youngsters on defense that stood out to me: Zachary Carter, Mari Bernie. Carter he played some really smart ball uh, at, at the defensive end spot when he couldn't get to the quarterback. He played. Uh, played the quarterback, knocked down two passes with his size and length. You know, he, he can be an asset even when he can't get to the quarterback. Uh, even and, and, and for Bernie, all over the field. Mm -hmm. Early on, had a nice quarterback pressure. Quarterback had to get rid of the ball before he really wanted to. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had a nice open field tackle once the quarterback got rid of it. Uh, and Bernie eventually filled in uh, for Gardner-Johnson and showed why he could uh, be a good fit in that star nickel position with his size and speed. We've talked about since he was recruited. Uh, can, can make the open field tackle, get in the backfield, big enough to be physical uh, in, 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 the, in the run game if he has to on defense as well. So really excited for his future. His versatility, I really think, speaks to the style of players this defense is going to bring in, size and speed. And I think that's uh, what uh, Todd Grantham is going to be looking for uh, in that defense. Uh, one play uh, in particular for two other uh, a youngster is there. Cornerback Brian Edwards blitz and forced a quarterback hurry to throw uh, a pick. Ventro Miller picks it off for 82-yard interception touchdown return. Uh, so uh, some true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, sophomores getting in. 
uh, on some action in a blowout 63 to 10 victory over Idaho. And look, that's what we want to see in these type of games. How many times we have a Will Muschamp, Jim McElwain performance, and these games were unnecessarily close and you did, you couldn't get freshman valuable reps. You couldn't get guys who weren't starters valuable reps because you were fighting tooth and nail with these teams, not putting them away and not getting experience that you should be getting game experience with these in these types of games. Now look, the four game retro rule changes some things, but you still got to go out there and perform and, and get a big enough lead to where, Hey, look, this wasn't a 10 point game in the third quarter and Felipe Franks had to stay on the field. You could get Emory Jones on the field midway through the second quarter and get him valuable reps for, you know, almost, uh, you know, two and a half quarters here. Uh, and you know, Damian Pearson, more carries. Uh, Iverson Clement, who got shifted to the, to the defensive backfield before the season started because of the injury situation there, uh, that's kind of worked itself out. You were able to move him back on offense, get him some carries as well. You know, that was one player I pointed out last week. Uh, a lot of people were asking me on Twitter, uh, you know, what I kind of thought would see some young players. He was a guy I thought we would see back at the running back position, get some carries there. He's going to be – we don't know what happens with Scarlett and Pierce as far as NFL draft stock and if they'll go or not. Uh, but, you know, he's a guy I think he'll have to be put back into, into that running back rotation, and we saw him getting reps there as well. Some of the offensive linemen, some of the young offensive linemen, uh, you know, Black Shores was in there uh, and – um the names are escaping me right now, but uh, yeah, a lot of young offensive line. Rich Garage was out there. Uh, I saw as well. So you know, a lot of thankfully in these type of scenarios, you're blowing out a team, getting some young guys and experience that um, you know they wouldn't otherwise get in those fighting those tooth and nail games uh, that we were so used to under Jim McElwain and and Will Muschamp. So with the 63 to 10 victory over Idaho, you know Mullen match Ray Graves. 1960 for the largest win improvement in school history by a first-year head coach. Mullen entered yesterday as the first head coach in school history to win at least seven games in his debut season after inheriting a Gators team that finished 500 or worse the year prior. Uh, Florida amassed 500-plus total yards three times in a season for the first time since 2009 when they did it five times. Uh, so, yeah, so, so doing some good things in a game where they should and the Gators come out victorious 63-10. to 10. Coming up next are your thoughts on the game, as I do every Sunday, as for your thoughts. But have you ever wanted a place to bet, bet on sports, but didn't because you were afraid to pick the wrong team? Well, that's where my bookie comes in. This Thanksgiving, it's finally possible for you to get a 100% refund on your bet if you lose it. With the Turkey Day free play, you can bet the spread on either the Bears or the Lions. If it wins, you win. If it loses, my bookie will give your money back up to $250. You literally cannot lose. It's no risk and all gravy. My bookie offers such a great product, and there has literally never been a better time to try them out. Unless your sports book is offering something like this, you should make the switch. I've never heard of a sports book doing a freebie like this before. So my bookie is trustworthy, fast, and helpful, so I know they're good for it. Are you new to sports betting and have a lot of questions? Well, that's okay, too. Because my bookie's patient customer service can walk you through any questions you have about how betting works. Sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. So log in to my bookie right now and use promo code Gators to get a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code Gators for a 50% deposit bonus. 
You don't need a promo code for your Turkey Day free play, though. If you lose, we'll credit the money back into your account automatically. So what are you waiting for? Sign up today and don't miss out and bet at MyBookie. So let's get to some of your thoughts here and your reaction from Florida's big win over Idaho. Ryan Hinckley beat who we were supposed to beat on how we were, and how we were supposed to. That being said, Emory looked more comfortable than I expected. Glad we made it out healthy with, without any second-half targeting penalties as well. Time to strap it up next week. And, of course, going back to um, beating who, you, who you're supposed to, how you're supposed to. And, uh, yeah, and back to a lot of Emory talk here. I mean, yeah, he looked more comfortable than I expected as well, um, just because we haven't really got to see a whole lot. The Charleston Southern, very limited. Georgia, very limited package there as well. And uh, finally, some extended playing time. And I thought it composed more than anything. Uh, it's just didn't, didn't panic a whole lot. Uh, you know, true freshman could come in and kind of get wild by the moment. He, he wasn't. And uh, put balls where they were supposed to be for the, for the most part. And that made some nice runs, made some nice scrambles when he should have. Uh, and probably the most important part of when you play a team like this as well, besides beating them like you're supposed to, exactly. Make it out healthy, and no, there were no dumb penalties, no targeting penalties. Uh, Christopher Henderson didn't play a whole lot, didn't need to. Uh, you kept him healthy. Uh, got a lot of you know backups and playing time, a lot of young guys some playing time. Uh, so, yeah, very important there. Uh, moving forward, let's see. Highway 20 or HWY 20 Gator. I uh, love seeing Emery, his accuracy, the way he throws the ball, his speed. It'll take some time, but our offense will get better. I hope Dan is watching film right now. We'll, he will need to coach his best game ever Saturday. We lose to FSU. The season was a bust. Yeah, and I'll probably get into that later this week as well as the, you know, the importance of this Florida-Florida State game. Uh, it, it is going to be uh, a big game. I'll get into it later this episode too, a question I was asked to kind of you know, kickstart Florida-Florida uh, State week. Uh, there, but yeah, I love seeing Emory and his accuracy, the way he throws the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I said he would, the way he did, he does it with conviction. Uh, from what I think, he knew he knows where he was going with the ball, and I, I do like that. Not a lot of guessing. Um, you know, maybe some, maybe some could telegraph some of the reads, but in this damn Mullen offense, if you know where you want to go with the ball pre snap, a lot of the times it's going to be there. You know, if the right play is called, some defenses can adjust there, but we'll kind of see where it goes from there and more experience, uh, for Emory Jones to see what game he plays in. Uh, coming up these next two, Scott Sweat. Uh, just a fun day to watch our athletes beat an overmatched team. Emory's going to be a star, and Pierce is still my favorite player. I know that FSU worries some of us, but if Mullen can beat Mississippi State and that D on the road, then Florida State should be no problem. It really depends on Franks. Uh, I'll agree there. No, Franks is my biggest question mark, and the offense is my biggest question mark, actually. Uh, and don't give up big plays on defense, but like I said, uh, we'll, we'll get more into the FSU game. Now, later this week, All Things UF says, I really hope we stick with the run throughout the game versus Florida State. Tight ends need to be targeted throughout. Uh, they need to make the catches. D just needs to contain the run at the quarterback the entire game. Uh, let's see. Mike Honcho also says, uh, not much to say about it. A great game to watch, fun to watch. Also, you know, uh, here's a good FSU joke moving forward. I once broke off a date, a blind date, when I found out the girl's name was Garnet. <laughs> hashtag hate FSU. Hashtag beat FSU. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ryan Morgan. Uh, Gators beat Idaho like they should have, which is progress. Only problem I have is that I still see too many comments about how bad Felipe Franks is. Our own fans have turned into critics instead of cheering 
for the team. I mean, as long as it's fair, you know, I, I think, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, yesterday should have been fun. The game should have been fun. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan first. I've always said that when I do this podcast. Uh, but of course, I'll, I will look at things to, you know, I don't look for things to critique, but if they're there, I will. And like I said, the only thing I really had much of complaint was uh, the deep balls uh, from Blake Valley Brains. Get that fixed. But all in all, good performance. Uh, one to be happy with. And uh, we'll see where it goes moving forward. Preston Fuller at Gator Laker Colt says, right now, Emory is better than Frank's. His footwork in and out of the pocket and his accuracy are a thing of beauty. Next year, he should beat Franks out with Trask as quarterback number two. Pitts is going to be a first round. Pitts is going to be a first round pick soon. Nate Williams needs to go. He's horrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to say Emory's better than Franks. I'm, uh, eventually, will he be? Probably in this offense. Probably. I don't know if I can say that right now based on the performance versus uh, Idaho. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. I did like, like I said, I like what I saw from him. Uh, like the way he threw the ball, decision making, um, you know, pretty accurate for the most part. But uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. You know, we've been fooled by these performances against overmatched teams before uh, with backup quarterbacks, and we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, Gator Dan at Gator in Texas, dominant win over a team we should handle easily. Frank's is, Frank is still struggles to read basic coverages, almost through two picks against a terrible defense. Good to see all the young men get to play. Jones, Pitts, Cope, etc. Jones is the future without a doubt. Looking forward to next week. Uh, Daryl Buchanan, uh, his, um, you know, basically goes on to say uh, to reply to that. Uh, reading coverages and being accurate to different things. Uh, here we go. Uh, big uh, BG Floyd, ten fifteen. Great momentum boost as we go into rivalry week. Yeah, you know, it's probably another thing that should be. It was a, it was a senior day. Sent sent the seniors out uh, in, in a good light there. You know, uh, Martez Ivy, C.C. Jefferson, the two in particular, they're the biggest uh, seniors on the team. You know, their last game in the swamp, but uh, it is a momentum boost here. I think as going into FSU, a little bit of I don't know, I don't know if it's a confident booster or not, but uh, you know, you you got out with an easy win and definitely time to move on. Uh, a couple more here. Sean Derrick, great to see our boys dominate when they're supposed to again. The four-game redshirt rule is seriously the best move the NCAA has ever made. It was, a great to, it was great to see so much young talent on the field. Emory looks to part and will have a solid future at Florida with another offseason ahead. And here we go at uh, M underscore Earl 321. If Mullen can recruit at a high level, this is what the future looks like. With a talent advantage, the offense is explosive so thanks guys for uh sending your thoughts and your reaction on the uh florida blowout over idaho a lot of good thoughts there a lot of similar thoughts and excitement for emory jones uh and uh, already looking ahead to fsu no problem there with doing that so now we'll take a look around and uh kind of my thoughts going into the fsu game before we get off here the only sec game to note i'll kind of just Put in here, Missouri destroying Tennessee, fifty to seventeen. A lot of talk of Tennessee kind of being ready and and getting better as the season was goes on. And kind of a setback there. Missouri has found its uh, stride right now on offense. Definitely, Drew Locke uh, torched that, uh, and, and their running game as well for Missouri. You know, all in all, just a really good offensive performance from them uh, and getting turnovers as well. Tennessee did lose Guarantano early in that game, uh, so you know maybe. It, a little bit of a different outcome there, but Missouri on offense was uh, much different. Uh, Tennessee was hanging tough on defense early, uh, but Missouri just eventually uh, just got, got it going. 
Then Vanderbilt beat Ole Miss 36-29 in overtime. So that's the only two SEC games where uh, SEC teams were matched up against each other. So Missouri beat Tennessee 50-17. Vanderbilt 36-29 in overtime. Everything else was pretty much Cupcake City in the SEC. Miami beats Virginia Tech 38-14. And FSU beat Boston College 22-21 and sets up Florida, Florida State with a chance for Florida uh, to end, as our uh, good friend Neil Blackman pointed out on Twitter, it would Florida has a chance right now to end FSU's 36 bowl game streak uh, and FSU's nation best 41 straight winning seasons, and more importantly, in the five game winning streak that FSU has over Florida right now. Florida State beats Boston College, so that game puts them in. Uh, you know, a, a chance if they beat Florida to go to another bowl game. So, uh, you know, Larry Barnett asked me on Twitter after uh, Florida State beat Boston College with FSU being one game from bowl eligible, how much bigger does it make Florida, Florida State? Well, you know, for me, the game isn't any bigger from the Florida side of things. This was a game that it was already big, no matter what Florida State was doing. This was a game Florida needed to win regardless, and it only changed as the season. It, it, it really only things changed as the season was going on. Coming into the season, I couldn't pick Florida to beat Florida State until I saw, you know, until I saw it. You know, after five straight losing seasons, uh, I, I, I still couldn't pick it, no matter the coaching change. Yes, Dan Mullen, I, even going into the season, I thought it was a better coach than Willie Tiger. But, you know, I thought Florida State's talent would show up a lot more <laughs> than what they have. You know, expectations have changed throughout the season. This is a game now, game Florida cannot and should not lose. Uh, th this game was – it was always a big game from the Gators side just to end the streak. Didn't matter what FSU was doing, no matter how bad they were playing, no matter what the record was. But this is a – you know, this game is a must win for Florida to keep the positive mojo going for 2018-2019. Now – it is bigger for FSU after beating Boston College. But as Gator fans, as the Gator side of things, I think it was big regardless, and that, that, that level hasn't changed no matter what Florida State has, has done. It's a bigger game for them now, but not so much for Florida, as it was always big. Uh, you know, Florida State would try and keep their bowl streak alive while, while extending the streak versus the Gators. Uh, you know, but now, you know, th does Boston College give them something to build some confidence off of? You know, it doesn't matter how bad FSU has looked this year. I always expected the game to, to be close, hard-fought game anyway, and I, and I still expect that. Uh, so, you know, so I guess overall the, the, overall, the game is bigger um, just because FSU's side has come up now with them fighting for a bowl game and kind of being able to try and save their season in a way. But from Florida's side, it's just as big as it's always been for me. So no, no matter the state of FSU, this is a game Florida needs and must win. You know, we'll break the game down coming up in the next couple of days here on Gators Breakdown. We're going to get to all the FSU talk and previews out before Thanksgiving. So uh, this week will be a little weird because of the holidays. So we'll get everything out before on Monday night. Will Miles will join me to take one last look at the Idaho game and we'll get his thoughts there and we'll look ahead to the FSU game as well. Then on Tuesday night, uh, I'll record our big FSU preview with former Seminole James Coleman and Mark Moses of Sports Radio 1560 and Spectrum Sports down in Orlando. So we'll have full, full Florida State and uh, Florida State coverage as the Gators travel to Tallahassee. And look, uh, it'll be a big game. We'll have it all out before Thanksgiving, so you'll get your Gators breakdown filled before 
you usually do uh, with the big plus it's a big game plus it's the holiday you want to get it out uh, there before the holiday so if you're traveling you can listen to it uh, I want to get it out so I can spend time with family as well Wednesday Thursday Friday uh, so um, yeah we'll uh, we'll get it out early and uh, being able to to listen to it on your holiday travels your Thanksgiving travels and uh, it'll be a pretty fun episode I think getting James Coleman on uh, from Florida State I join him every week here in Jacksonville on the radio and uh, on 1010XL um so uh, him and denny thompson their show uh every thursday so it'd be nice to have uh james on to get the florida state side of things as well so yeah florida put it on idaho 63 to 10 8 and 3 on the year florida state coming up next end of the season sadly oh man where has the season gone uh but yeah last game of the season sets up big sets up big with what florida state was able to do against Boston College, maybe trying to save their season and the Gators to end the streak of bowl games, winning seasons, and also, more importantly, just the five-game streak the FSU has over Florida. I'm your host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.